Welcome to Ion Franchising. Are you looking for business opportunities? Well, you are in the right place. We represent over 650 franchises and business opportunities. We will help you find your perfect franchise for free. We even have a free assessment on our website that will help us determine what the best business is for you based on your investment level, mindset, skill set, and life experiences. This is Ion Franchising, where we share our vision for your franchise future. I'm your host, Lance Growlick. Each week, we will speak to fascinating folks from the world of franchising, franchisors and founders, franchise funders, and franchisees. Are you looking to find your perfect franchise? Or perhaps you are an independent business owner looking to grow and scale your business by setting up a franchise. Either way, our team can help you. Ion Franchising, where you will learn the A to Zs of franchising. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another great episode of Ion Franchising. I am your host, Lance Gralick. So today we have a very unique brand. I'm very excited. This is a subject actually pretty near and dear to my heart. There's a lot going on in the world of mental health today. So today I have, well, number one, I have Chris. I have Chris Pash, who is a co-founder of LE Mental Health. Chris is a director with Best Buy for the last 20, 30, 40 years. I'm kidding, 20 years uh, as a director from Best Buy. We'll talk about that. And Hallie Corbett, Hallie's the COO, Chief Operating Officer. She's a, a big-time hockey player, although her knee's a little swollen right now. We might not have time to dive into that. Two boys married, another Minnesota native. Chris, I don't know if you were a Minnesota native or not. Through Minnesota native. Yeah. Perfect. Well, welcome, Hallie, and welcome, Chris, to Ion Franchising. Thank you. Thanks, Lance, for having us. Absolutely. So let's dive into it. Ellie Mental Health. Ellie Mental Health. So mental health today is in my family and friends coming out of the pandemic, especially, I think we're out of the pandemic. Mental health is talked about in the news, in my family, every single day. And when I knew Ellie existed, and it wasn't even on my radar, you guys just started last year. So Give me a background on how this came about. Obviously, we know there's an enormous need. As far as I know, this is the only brand like it, and you guys are selling like crazy. So give me the backstory on this. Yeah, absolutely. And again, thanks for having us. It's always fun to do these podcasts. This is one of the things that's new for us as we've gotten into this is, is podcasts and interviews and whatever. So hopefully we're okay. We'll see. Uh, but but Ellie started in 2015, you know, and it was born out of the frustration of, um, two social workers, Aaron and Kyle, that worked at a community government center and were trapped in the typical community government center life cycle of this is the way we've always done things, just wait. Something we maybe we can do this, maybe we can't. And the frustration, the frustration built. They continue to see gaps in access to quality care and just innovative access to approach to programming. So they quit, right? As typical millennials would do. And they started. Ellie, right? They went, we signed a lease in St. Paul for three offices. They've got a friend, Faye, to come with them. And they opened Ellie with the idea of let's just do what we want to do and provide therapy the way I want to provide therapy, right? And this business, it really is almost B2B minded when you talk about quality outcomes, we get more referrals, right? So as they started to deliver a good level of service, start getting more referrals. As people started to talk about the experience, employees want to come work there. And it kind of just snowballs from there, right? So 
within six months, we had knocked down the wall in our three office building and added six more offices. Right. Then you so fast wait, let's, forward. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this early success. So how big was this original office and, and how many, and where'd you get these customers from? I know there's a need, but how do you start that? Yeah, it was about, I think it's like 1200 square feet. It was three offices in a, in a, in a waiting room. And uh, Aaron and Kyle had both practiced a little private practice on the side while they were getting their master's or getting their licensure and doing the work at the county. So they had some clients that they were seeing, but they also had a network of people that they started to build when they're at the county. So the county government refers people to access the services. And so they were to get, start to get referrals. Gotcha. And the referral network builds, right? And more and more referrals come from that. Love it. Uh, but you knocked on the wall in six months, add more offices, and then you fast forward six and a half years and we've got 16 Minnesota locations open. Uh, we started franchising last year and to date we've had 77 deals and 191 units and we're talking to you about, about franchising, right? And it really is special for us because it, it just happens to be like the stars aligned with need access, destigmatization de de opportunity, right? Like we've been around for a long time. We've talked about franchise international growth for a long time. And it just happened to line up that we decided to franchise the very beginning of last year and work through it. So when we launched, unfortunately, the pandemic exists, but now there's such, such desynchronization and such need for it that um, it is a very passionate topic for people. And we've been really excited about um, the level of interest we've seen so far. So how did franchising come about? Because you're doing so well at that point. I mean, I know every business owner gets to this point, you know, like, do we franchise? Do we do it on our own? So where did franchising come into play? Yeah, there, there's really two, two reasons why we franchise, which chose to franchise. And the first one is the reason we believe we're successful because we're embedded in our community, right? Aaron grew up in the city where we have a clinic, where we started the clinic, in Dakota County where, where she lived. And so we're embedded in the community and ingrained in the community. So we don't have a lot of knowledge and we feel like we're giving back to the community. And so it'd be naive of us to think we could go open an LE in Austin, Texas, or in Dallas and know more about the community than someone that lives there. So right. giving that access and ability to someone to do that is powerful. And two, there's, there's the, the challenge of the system mental health care and Hallie can correct me if I'm wrong. You have people that get into private practice to do therapy. They went to school to be therapists, right? They didn't go to school to be business owners. And as they start to be more successful in their business, they have to choose whether they want to be really good at therapy or good at managing their P&L, their business. And they, they don't, they're not great. Like I'm not broad brushing, but in general, they're not great at both and they choose and they start to get burned on the thing that they don't have passion for, which is the business. And they decide to exit or leave or stop. Right. When you think about entrepreneurs, that's what they do. They get excited about that kind of stuff. Right. So think about the, the balance. Uh, so, so Chris, give me, so tell me why franchising, why did you guys pick that Avenue? Yeah, there's, there's really two reasons why we decided to franchise. Um, one is the reason we're successful in Minnesota, we believe, is because we're from the community in which we work. Right? Aaron grew up in the Twin Cities in St. Paul. She went to school in Dakota County. So we're very connected in this, in this community. And the belief that we could go to a different state, Austin, Texas, or Tulsa, Oklahoma, and know as much or more um, than someone that's lived there for a long time would be naive of us to do. Um, so we wanted to have the opportunity for someone to give back to the community because I think they're passionate about it, more connected. That's number one. Number two uh, is really leads to the challenge that exists in mental health care today, I believe, which is uh, people that went to school to be therapists, open a prior practice with the idea of doing really, really good. 
and they start to get so busy, they have to start also running a business, right? And a lot of them didn't go to school to do the business piece. As they start to get more successful, they have to balance those things and you can't give 100% to both things, yeah. right? And so you start to see a lot of therapists burn out, see people start to leave the industry, et cetera. And so think about entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs like all the business stuff, right? They're, they're investors, they're investing their own money, they're doing whatever that is. And so you kind of combine these two things, like the, the investment person that's passionate about mental health care, that has the resources, passionate, excited about the business with a therapist who's passionate about making a difference in their community and making a difference in people's lives, let them both do what they're best at. And it becomes really, really magical in our opinion. And I think that's one of the big reasons why we've been so successful. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, when therapists graduate and they're looking for the first job, they have this choice, right? They can go into private practice and they can decide who they want to see, when they want to see them. They can have that flexibility and that autonomy, or they can go to a larger practice where they've got a lot of support. So they have a billing team, they've got a scheduling team, but they don't have flexibility in their schedule. They don't have flexibility to decide what types of clients are the best fit for me? Who do I want to see? Um, how do I want to deliver care, right? Can I have creativity in the way that I deliver care? And so we talk about the LE difference and that was really our making this a, a hybrid model, right? So we want to take those great things from private practice, the uncapped compensation, the creativity, the flexibility to be able to see who you want to see, when you want to see them, but then also combine that with the support of a large organization, which means somebody to do your billing and scheduling for you. Um, it means that you have camaraderie. It means that you have teammates. And a lot of times people who get into private practice, they love the uncapped you know, earnings and they, they love the flexibility that they have, but they also spend so much time doing the things that bog a therapist down, which is scheduling, which is insurance credentialing, which is billing all of these extra pieces that it's probably one hour for every client team that they're spending doing things that really are kind of an administrative burden when you're a therapist and what you care about is being able to deliver care to clients. And that's going to put you at the point of burnout really quickly. And so when we delivered our model and we put it together, it was really intentional to take the best of both worlds and create a place for therapists to work where they could feel really fulfilled and engaged in, in their work, which is also going to lead to the best therapeutic outcomes for their clients. I love it. So the initial vision of Ellie versus today is, you know, who was that, who was the clientele initially versus as the franchising has truly begun and you have so many sold and, you know, soon to be opened. Um, has that changed at all? Uh, as far as, you know, were you looking to serve kids before you not, now you're serving more adults. I'm just curious about that. No, I, I think the, target audience is exactly the same. I mean, Aaron and Kyle are very clear about our mission of filling the gap, right? And we fill the gap and access to quality healthcare. And you look around the country nationally, there's not a, a state that's different. The average wait time is over three weeks again to see a therapist, right? So providing access to people right. is, a, is a big deal. So the, the type of clients we serve and the way we serve them is no different. We're just scaling in a more broad way because I think what we have is special and we, we can deliver something really cool to therapists and something really cool to, to clients and people in the community. So who is that clientele? Uh, again, based on what you guys are doing today, who is that clientele? When you say you have to wait on average three weeks, you know, my wife is a school principal and I, I've heard um, she was just telling me, and especially since the pandemic, kid related, that is, of course, you know, kids are waiting weeks. Some of them have serious issues going on and they can't get into a mental health counselor. So, and I don't know if I have that right. Mental health counselor, you know, Hallie, you can, you can straighten me out here with your therapy. masters. 
practitioner, it's all interchangeable, right? I mean, they ultimately they're they're looking to see someone who's either a, a licensed or pre-licensed therapist who's going to help them with their mental health. And you're right, kids are waiting way longer. Um, kids are waiting longer than adults because when you think about, I mean, we have a shortage of therapists. We we really do. There's not yeah. enough therapists for the amount of people that need help and support. And then when you take that pool that's already small and then you kind of whittle it down to those who have a specialty or a certification or are able to to work with children that number gets even smaller because it can be even more difficult there's even more of a niche even more kind of nuances and complexities that come to working with children and so people are definitely waiting longer one of the biggest things for us is we want to take a look at our wait list and we want to say who is on our wait list because as we're hiring we need to make sure that we are filling those gaps. And so if we've got 500 kids on our wait list, that means we need to hire child therapists and that's what we're going to do. And that's, we're going to set, you know, kind of our intention on and be, and make sure that that's what we're doing. Right. So if we've got this many kids on the wait list, we're going to, we're going to pause on adults because we need to make sure that we can get therapists and who can see these kiddos who are waiting way too long to be able to see someone and address their mental health needs. No, this, this is incredible. All right, let's dive into the uh, franchise-specific stuff. So my listeners are typically, I mean, they come from all over, but they're obviously interested in business ownership, might be into a franchise, definitely into a franchise. So so why Ellie? We know there's a huge need, but let's. Uh, who wants to go ahead and, and, and talk about the average investment, whatever's in the franchise disclosure document? You know, what is that investment range? What is the size of the building overall within that? Um, so whoever wants to take that could jump right in. Sure. Yeah, I, I could take that. Um, so the average investment is between 161 and 334. Um, the office spaces are are relatively plain, right? It's pretty much office building uh, in a healthcare setting. Think about where dentists and chiropractors, think about yeah. the, where those folks are. It's kind of the same concept, right? And the size of clinic really, really is easy. You try to get as many offices on glass as you can, eight to 10 in, a, in an office. We seems to work best for us. We don't need a large waiting room. We don't need a reception desk. We do everything virtually and check in. You check in digitally when you get to the clinic. Love it. Um, so, so it really is um, a very small build out when you think about what needs to be done. There's no, there's no anything special to be done. If we can't soundproof, we can use little sound machines, right? There it really is. Uh, a really easy build out, in my opinion. And you look about you look at real estate across the country. This space appears to be widely available uh, as we look across the cities that we've gone to. And, and the territories. So right now, you've you've sold quite a few. What, what are the hot territories at this point that are still available? I should say. Yeah, that's a that's a top really good three. question. Uh, top three you really top, want to go to? Boy, I really want to go to. Uh, Man, the, the challenge is there's so much need. And this is where we this is where we've, we've tried to balance like where we want to be versus where interest is. And we we don't we don't have to be picky and like we want to be in this market, right? I mean, we, there's places we want to be, but interest is being generated from all over the place. We've got tons of folks in Texas, Houston and Dallas and Austin have been really, really hot for us. Uh, Denver has been, we have some really great franchises in Denver. Uh, our first franchisee is in uh, Indiana, but Illinois is starting to pick up too. I mean, I think Chicago is a great city for us to be in. Boston's a good city for us to be in. As I look up down the East Coast, Florida would be a good place for us to expand a little bit. Florida and Texas seem to be incredibly hot, great places to do business. So for all franchises, it seems like you're going to have plenty of interest in Florida and Texas for sure. Correct. 
So let's talk about franchisees um, or let's talk about your ideal franchisee. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, so who owns an Ellie mental health franchise? Are they investor types? I mean, obviously, there are people that are very passionate about this particular business. Yeah. Chris and I talk about this because I think it's one way with both of us who are not therapists. It's a way that we can relate. We talk about we would be people to open up Ellie franchises, right? If we were, because we're people who care deeply about mental health, deeply about our community. If we're going to open up a business, it's a business that you want to be able to give back. Of course, it's always going to be profit-driven. We want everyone to, to be successful. We want everyone to make money. But at the end of the day, there's so much more to it than that. And there's so many people that want to be in helping careers and that want to help people that don't have a medical degree or a therapy degree. And this is an opportunity for those people to be able to jump into this field and really give back to their community in a way that they probably never imagined that they would be able to without a therapy license, right? Or without without being, you know, specific in the helping or medical field. And so we're really looking for people who are passionate. We're looking for people who, would, would a therapist feel compelled to work for them? Because we know that the secret to success is, you know, you have happy therapists, you have happy clients, and the culture right. is such a huge piece. So culture is a huge thing that we're, that we're looking at is, are they going to be able to kind of emulate and infuse the LE culture at their clinic? Who are they going to attract to be that clinic director who's going to be recruiting therapists, who's going to be recruiting clients? Do they have an entrepreneurial spirit? Because it's difficult, right? You're, you're going and you're recruiting in a field that maybe you don't have experience in. And so are they going to be able to jump in feet first and build the relationships that are needed to make their clinic successful? Um, so I think those are some of the, the big pieces that we're looking for. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think you nailed it exactly. I think the most important thing to us is someone has a passionate connection to mental health. And if you think about our discovery days, uh, our first couple were two or three, and they've, they've been larger since then. But you have people that are meeting each other for the first time and crying, sharing their story about how they've been impacted by mental health and why they're so passionate about it, right? And that passion is so important to us, right? Like, I get you want to make money at the end of the day, but that is that is an outcome of passion and great work, right? And we want them to passionately do great work and they'll provide financially for themselves, whatever. But that that passion is really important. And the thing that's important for me also is that entrepreneurial spirit. And I've, I'm so impressed with the people that have signed to date. Uh, we don't have uh, item 19 for any franchise locations. We have zero franchise locations open. I'm sure, so what, I'm sure you have the ability to make a lot of money though, Chris. And that's why these people are jumping on board. They know. Yeah, right. I mean, they, they do know. We do we provide them some access to information that would allow them to see insurance reimbursement rates, what they potentially charge uh, for a therapy session. But these folks are jumping on, have that passion and belief that they know they can help us build this thing out as it goes, right? Ellie has been successful because we're really innovative, right? We take feedback from everywhere, all these places, all the time. And the people that have signed on have already helped us shape things in our FDD, helped us shape things in the model. Uh, and I'm just super impressed with their ability to A, jump on before it's a thing and be their willingness to provide feedback um, and and give us grace to make sure this thing going the right way. Yeah. So, and we're always welcoming that feedback because we know how to operate a mental health clinic, right? We've done that successfully, but then we have these franchisees who have been really successful in marketing or really successful in real estate or in all these other areas where we're so excited to soak in and absorb their knowledge to be able to help us continue to 
bring Ellie forward, we are not afraid of change. I think that's one of the things that's really helped us continue to grow is that when something's thrown our way, we're not afraid to pivot and shift um, to meet the needs for of our communities or our therapists. And so it's been cool to have people come in with these different skill sets and say, hey, maybe we should think about doing it like this. And we're like, maybe we should. Can't wait to work with you. <laughs> yep. You know, that's how you hit on something so important because that is the magic of franchising is you get all these really smart people that did other things that are buying into your dream, to your vision, to build this brand and, and they become an intricate part of it. You know, uh, I always tell everybody at McDonald's, you know, the filet of fish and the Big Mac were invented by franchisees. And, uh, you know, so uh, that collaboration and those best practices are, are enormous down the road. But it sounds like my next question was going to be, so of all of the people that have signed on thus far to be franchisees, including the franchisees that are open, um, is there anything in common? Of course, the passion for mental health. But as far as industry, are there teachers? Are they marketing people? Are they attorneys? Where, where are they coming from? Yes. They're all of those things. You know, I, I think I was looking at the list earlier today and, and there's, you have people that are, uh, are been CMOs or CFOs at publicly traded companies that have signed on as franchisees. You have doctors that have signed on as franchisees. You have, uh, we have four or five veterans that have signed on as franchisees. Uh, so there is a, a wide breadth of people that have joined and they all have that passion and purpose in common. So as now we've targeted a certain industry or, or, or career type, there's, We've had existing franchises. We have consultants. We have one of our, someone from our sales development company that is, is a franchisee. So there's just all it. walks of life that have, that have joined the, the family and uh, we couldn't be more, more proud. So one thing I want to make sure we address, and I think Hallie, you were talking about this when it comes to, let's say med spas or the IV infusion brands that I represent uh, quite a few of as well, you need a medical director. So it doesn't sound like you need any kind of medical director specifically here in any state. You do need a clinic director. Your clinic director has to be a licensed therapist. Got it. There are specific states, and I think Chris can maybe go into it a little bit more in detail, but the corporate practice of medicine does still play a part in the entire kind of opening process and laying out what that ownership structure looks like. So there are, there are a few nuances with corporate practice of medicine in some of our states. Yeah. So the clinic director, like in a way I was suggesting with the medical director within franchising, I know, and, and Chris, we don't necessarily need you to hammer through all of those states, but we know states like California, for example, tend yeah. to be pretty stringent. In fact, that's the only state uh, to my recollection, you have to actually, like you have to be a doctor to own um, you know, an IV infusion brand in the state of California. I think they might change it, but that's how it was. So um, any, uh, so I'm sure that's not exactly a challenge. There's plenty of people you get in place to assist with that. Yeah, it's been, um, it's, it's, we work with a great law firm. It kind of helped us kind of get to the concept of, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of how, right. And yep. they give them a consultation, help them set up their business structure uh, in, in Texas, it's a little more difficult than in uh, Florida, obviously, but there's the law firm that we use really helps people kind of get to that, get to that balance. And again, it's, it's, we've had no one have a problem, right? It's not if it's how. 
Yeah. So let's talk about the support overall. You know, the the two the two of the most important things besides how, having a solid roadmap and blueprint to follow as a franchisee is you know let's let's kind of go in order. Go with your 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 training. Let's just say so somebody comes on board or or if you want, Hallie, you could back it up all the way to the process and and how you know the franchisee is right. Uh, whether you have a meet the team day, discovery day, how you're doing that process all the way through, let's say training. Well, Chris, do you want to talk about up through Discovery Day and then I'll kind of talk about training and once they've signed? Perfect. Yeah, yeah that's great. Um, so we early on partnered with um, someone in franchise smarter than us. So we used um, the Repum group, uh, Nick Sheehan, Rob Cambruzzi, and Jason Ryan. Uh, I've really helped us kind of kind of define the sales process, uh, the operations process, and all the stuff that gets people to open successfully. But uh, the Repum team helps us filter through leads. We do a really extensive, like four or five different call or meeting situation. Uh, we let we let franchisees talk to our clinicians, right? Because we know that's the product. They can ask questions about um, the system, their experience, whatever. We do unit economics call. We do a founders call with Aaron, Kyle, and I. And then they come to Minnesota for a decision day or discovery day. Um, we spend 24 hours, really, a day and a half really learning about the brand, each other. We work really hard on personal connection relationship. Cause again, I think this is so much more about that for us than it is about anything else. Fit is really important for us to so spend that time, uh, day and a half, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then they leave Wednesday. And then the team gets together. We sit, we sit down, we kind of just talk about, um, people's personality. I mean, we have, it's a lot of therapists, right? So by the end of time, decision day, you've got like 15 therapists and all their perspective and opinion on the people that are just in town. Uh, so we sit down in a group and we just go through folks on the screen and read their bios again and make sure we feel good and give them a yes or no, understand the geography, the number of units, et cetera. And then, then they sign, right? We, we say, we approve them. They decide they want to be a franchisee. They sign and then they get turned over to Hallie's team. Got it. And we've been really lucky. We've built such a solid operations team here in Minnesota with our 16 clinics that we currently have operating that we've been able to pull some of that talent over to really help with franchising. And so the biggest thing for us is that we make sure that people feel connection and support from the get-go. And so as soon as somebody signs on, in the next week or two after they sign, they're going to have a kickoff call with our operations opening manager who's going to walk them through, okay, here's day one, but this is what this process is going to look like. And here's the support we're going to provide to you. We have a robust checklist in which we are walking people through every single step of the way. We have our subject matter experts that they're connecting with to talk about real estate, build out, contracting, credentialing, hiring, outreach, marketing, all of those steps until they're getting prepared to open. Um, we're really excited because we've recently hired, we're calling them territory coaches. And essentially based on geography, it's actually a clinical leader who's going to be assigned to each franchisee, who's going to be their point of contact through opening. So they'll be able to not only help them from an operational perspective, but also from a clinical perspective, because not all of our franchise owners have experience in the therapy space. And so they're going to be able to help them with selecting their space. They're going to be able to help them with recruiting and and sitting in and, and looking at resumes and saying, who's going to be the best fit for your clinic? How are we going to compensate them? Um, going through all of those different steps with them while also having access to all of our different kind of subject matter experts, we call them here um, at our headquarters in Minnesota who can help troubleshoot any barriers that they might be running into. We have a really robust, we're calling it Ellie Academy. It's our kind of boot camp that people will come to Minnesota about a month before or two months before they open. And they're not, going not in the winter time, right? Um, it was kind of always winter time here. So <laughs> it was kind of about like yes. three months. Yes, it is. 
right? We'll keep them really warm and entertained. So don't worry. Um, but so Ellie gonna- University sounds fabulous. Lots to teach. Lots and lots to teach. And then once people become operational, there's going to be a handout from the territory coach to their operations coach who's going to help them pull reports, who's going to help them with KPIs, who will be the liaison between our scheduling team and the franchisee, the billing team and the franchisee to make sure that we're covering and able to help them with all areas of their business, helping them set goals, helping them achieve those goals, um, and really making sure that there's clear communication. They have all the information that they need to run a successful business. Well, I was going to ask you, how are you going to handle all of this amazing growth? And I think you sort of answered that. You're already hiring territory coaches. And I love that. I mean, that's what huge brands do in preparation for this uh, monstrous growth. But it sounds like you guys have the systems. But speak a little bit to the to the growth. I mean, you have to be over the moon with the success you've seen so far. We're, we're over the moon. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing is making sure that we're providing our franchisees with the amount of support that they need to be successful, right? With the amount of support that they need to open their doors. This is a unique industry. There's a lot of different things that kind of depend on each other. So for instance, once you've found a site, you can't you can't start your credentialing process with insurances until you have an address. And you also can't start that process until you have a clinic director whose name is on that application. And so there's all these variables in the very beginning that are really dependent on each other. And so that's where we want to be super heavy on the support in the beginning to make sure that people can really meet the timelines that they're wanting to meet in order to get their doors open. So that part's huge to us. We also, we're doing all the scheduling, we're doing all the insurance billing and the contracting and credentialing for our franchisees. And so we've had this experience in Minnesota where we've scaled and we have 16 locations with actually four more that will be open in the next two months, which is super exciting. So we know how many schedulers we need. We know how many billers we need, right? So we've been able to look at some of those different ratios and make sure that we're prepared ahead of time for our franchisees so that when their doors open, um, we've got robust support systems ready for them. That's that's, incredible what you guys are doing. I mean, you're handling everything with the insurance claims? We are. We are. Amazing. Chris, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Yeah, I think the the thing that we're most proud of is the the way we've kind of built the the post open support structure, right? Like the stuff we've done on the front side, I think is is fantastic too. But worked really hard to get our fee structure correct, so the franchisees are helping us as we grow. We're hiring people in a just in time mindset, right? Hallie said we understand how many calls they can take, how many how many claims they can bill, and the methodology allows us to have someone hired and trained and they're ready to go when they need it, not. We hired someone when we're ready and they take six months to get trained and staffed, whatever, right? I mean, we could support franchisees today. We have no locations open. We could support franchisees today with our current staff and what we've hired. Uh, I feel really comfortable in our ability to get people set up. And the, the other thing, like around the growth, like we are very intentional about like, is it too fast? Is it too many? How many can we do? Like we are very clear, like we're not just trying to race to a number, right? Because to us, it's really important people to get open and get to be successful. Because what's important, right. like, Bad therapy is worse than no therapy, in my opinion. If you get people half open or they're not successful, they find the, right, the wrong people, it's going to be really bad for those clients, which we care about at the end of the day. Um, so we're very in tune with and in touch with and have a lot of honest conversations with me, Kyle, Aaron, Hallie, about how are we doing? Pulse check. Can we keep going? Should we stop? Should we slow down? Whatever that is. And at every turn, we felt really comfortable saying, no, we're good. Right? Yeah, we're good. No. And, and it certainly sounds like you are. One of the questions uh, I just want to kind of go back to a little bit when we're talking about all this insurance, is there 
are, is there a percentage of customers that are self-pay? There are. Yeah. It, it'll depend on market. That's it's it's going to really largely depend on market. Um, insurance companies will pay different rates for therapy in different states. Um, your ability to get a contract might vary state by state, but we know we have a lot of franchisees. We're doing super in-depth research before they even come to a decision day. So we already are prepared for, here's what your market looks like. Here's the percentage of cash pay versus insurance. Here's what your rates might look like so that they can put those rates into their pro forma and figure out what they want their structure to look like. Then when we submit for their insurance contracts, we determine, is this rate going to be viable for you to operate your clinic? Do you want to go for this contract or do we wait later? And we try to negotiate based on our success and based on our client research and data in that area. And so we were super intentional about what is the, what's kind of current common trends in this market. And then how do we make sure that your business model fits and will be successful in this market? You know, one of the things that really dawns on me as you're talking about that is I, I represent quite a few restoration brands and especially, you know, the thunderstorm damage and things like that, that happen. These brands, these franchisors, just like you have done their homework and there are certain areas they're not as interested in going in. And there's the majority that they already can predict. They can't actually give that information to a prospective franchisee, but they can predict, wow, there's a lot going on in this particular city. And uh, it sounds like you guys got that figured out as well. It's not as much of a mystery to you guys anymore as to what kind of business you're really going to have. No, it's been, it's been really, we've been really impressed with our team around how we've said, Hey, here's what we think it's going to be. And as we've had franchisees get contracts or whatever, we've been, like right on. So we feel really good about how we're understanding the business. The other thing I think about is like, think about industry disruptors and why we go somewhere. Like the disruptor for us is not like, we'll take all insurances at whatever rate it's going to be and whatever. Like the disruptor for us is the employee and therapist experience. So I really believe that full cup allows them to provide great therapy, which is really the disruptor, but it's really the, the employee experience for us, the things we offer, things we provide the things that I talked about earlier, they really make the difference for us when we go to a market. So it's less about here's the offering that's going to beat, beat the competition, whatever it's going to be. Like it is really about the therapist experience to make sure they're, they're pouring from a full cup. Yeah. And it's amazing. I'm glad you're talking about that. And, and both of you have emphasized the customer service or the overall experience, because that's one thing I found in the most successful franchises that I represent today. Customer service has everything to do with it. I'm hearing more about net promoter scores and, and such that I haven't ever heard before. So it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, we don't do net, prom- net promoter score in uh, in our field at all. No, no, no. no. It. When, when I came from where I came from, it was a big thing. Uh, but really for us, like we really believe that experience, that that client experience is so important because there's a lot of things that happen with a bad experience in therapy, right? Like if you had a bad experience at a retail store, you might not go back there, right? right. I understand that. If you have a bad experience in therapy, you might not ever go back and you might have other challenges that come from that, or you could be in a situation where you need that access or need that care, right? So we feel really, really uh, strong about the, that client experience being really good. Right. Absolutely. Hallie, anything to add to any of that? No, I mean, we we look at our client satisfaction surveys. We're always asking our clients how we're doing. So I think to, to just piggyback on what Chris said is that's that's the most important piece for us at the end of the day. Like you said, you have an adverse experience in therapy, you might never go back to therapy. And that's why even, so we went back and forth, right, about do we have a centralized call center 
or do does each franchisee have kind of their own receptionist? But one of the biggest pieces for us in terms of what makes Ellie so successful is that we pride ourselves on making the best match first between a client and a therapist. So it is not, you know, who's the first therapist who has availability where you live. It's who's going to actually be the best fit for you based on the ages they see, the diagnoses they see, the issues they work on, their treatment competencies, different identities that might be important for you, right? And, and your therapist. And so our client access team is trained really specifically on making sure that when they're scheduling a client, fit comes first. And so I think that's that's part of the reason we knew that providing that centralized call center was huge for us because there's so much research that supports client outcomes when matched with a therapist who's the best fit. And client outcomes ultimately are going to be the biggest, you know, predictor of continued success. And what's been so cool about Ellie is people get referred to a therapist by their teachers, by their primary care doctors, by, you know, other medical professionals. But at Ellie, we hear so many people who are referred by a family or friend because of what we're doing to break down the stigma around mental health. And so we've got these clients having these amazing experiences. And then they call and they say, yeah, my brother's used a therapist there and he loves it. And I've worked in mental health prior to Ellie my whole career, and I, I haven't heard those same stories be shared and the way that people are just openly talking about mental health and how they talk with their family and talk with their friends about it. And that's really special for us. I love it. Breaking, basically breaking down the stigma. You know, it's not some scary place you have to be so nervous about. So I have two sort of final directions I want to take this. One, what is your average age for your typical customer? I mentioned, I kept talking about kids, but there's plenty of adults. What is the average age of an, of an LE customer or client, I should say? Well, that's a hard question. I mean, we are really, we, we see everybody. We, we really do. I would say like our biggest demographic is probably like 16 to 50. And I know that's a wide range, okay. but, but truly, I mean, we're, we're really seeing a huge variety. I figured it, it it can certainly be across the the spectrum. And 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 the last big piece we talked a lot in general about marketing. So it sounds like you're getting an enormous amount of referrals. So if somebody becomes a franchisee in a new city, you already through insurance and uh, local agencies when they hear you're coming, I would imagine you essentially can can potentially have a big opening, a big grand opening. Is that is that fair to say? That's absolutely the goal. Everything that we're doing with marketing right now is to increase our national brand recognition. That's really important to us. But another facet of marketing for us that's just as important as any print or any digital marketing is the community outreach and engagement that we're doing. So actually each franchisee, when they come on board with Ellie, they're not just getting the marketing efforts that we're putting out there in their market. They're getting an outreach playbook and an outreach visit from our national director of outreach who is showing them how to do it, who is popping up a tent and a table with them and talking with you know potential clients, potential referral sources, potential clinicians at different conferences or community events about Ellie and really modeling that Ellie way, who's giving them a list of here's all the people to network with in your community. Here's how you can help each other. Here's what that script might look like. So 
really empowering people to build relationships and then also maintain those relationships is really part of the core of kind of their pre-opening success. And so we want to make sure that when people are getting ready to to open their doors, the other primary care clinics, the hospitals in town, the schools already know about Ellie, not because they saw an just because they saw an ad online, but because we went and visited with them. And we had a conversation about what are the issues that your students or your clients or your patients are dealing with and what do they need, right? In order in order to be helped, in order to have help for their mental health. And we hope that when we open our doors, people will remember those experiences and that in-person human to human connection that we made and those relationships that will continue to nourish as, as we continue to grow. Yeah, and Lance, there's really something, there's really the interesting part of this also is we posted on our website coming soon, right? And the work that the outreach team is doing is amazing, right? And Maryland is fantastic and it's really, really important. And at the same time, we said coming soon in these cities. We have we have clients calling from these cities already asking to get on a wait list if we're open, right? So talk about like the, the need that exists. We just said coming soon and we have calls coming into the call center saying, hey, when you open, I'll wait, whatever you're going to do, like, it, there's really a need, right? And so you think about that and the work that, that, that the team is doing, like there's potential for people to open in a really strong way really, really quickly, which is great for the clients and the community. It's incredible what you guys are doing. This has been absolutely fantastic. All right, final words of wisdom from both of you for today. Final thoughts, call it. <laughs> wisdom, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't it doesn't have wisdom. to be, Chris, yeah. I don't need to pressure you. Just final thoughts, that's yeah. totally fine. You've already dropped a lot of wisdom, both of you. Yeah, I think I think for me, there's there's a couple of things. One, it's immense gratitude for the way people have, have received the brand. And two, just a kind of reminder of the people that we're interested in, right? Like we're interested in that that passion, that community connection, the entrepreneurial spirit. Some of the talks is about net net and profit, like those things like make our eyes spin and our and like us drift off, right? We want to talk about client care. And at the end of the day, that begets profit, right? Like those things all work together. So hey, that was passion Chris, that was Steve. That was Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was the one that was super famous for saying that is, you know, the profits will follow. You got to have that passion first. 100%. Love it. I think I would say too, to, to, to add to that is absolutely. I mean, if you're looking for an experience to be an entrepreneur, but it, you want it to mean something, Ellie is a place where it can mean something. Ellie's also a place where you get to be your authentic self. I don't know how many people get to go to a franchise discovery day and say, hey, I'm here because I had a kid who was really struggling with depression that couldn't get help. Or that could say, I lost a family member to suicide or, you know, could actually be able to go and share those types of things at, at one of these decision day type events. We welcome that. And, and we're here for those people, right? To sit with you and walk through it with you and to, to be able to let you share that story in a really true, authentic way um, to, again, continue breaking down the stigma. And I think it's huge that people can can come to Ellie and say, this is why this is why I'm here and be empowered to tell their story in hopes that it will help somebody else. Well, and that was just an amazing wrap up. I, I really thank you both for being here. Ellie Mental Health Franchise. That's our group. <laughs> That's our franchise special for today. Boy, was that horrible. Guys, edit the hell out of that. Anyway, Chris and Hallie, I really appreciate you both being here. This was absolutely fantastic. Thank you for sharing everything about Ellie. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening today. Please like, follow, and subscribe so you don't miss anything here at Ion Franchising. Visit our website at ionfranchising.com. E-Y-E-O-N 
www.franchising.com and complete our free assessment so we can assist you in finding your perfect franchise. This is Lance Gralick. Until next time.